Welcome to the Vertical Church Podcast. Now, here's Pastor Josh Butcher with today's message. Right now, we're talking about the the series is called Field of Dreams. And the question that we've been asking is, is how do we have a dream life? How do, we, how do we get there? Because we all know that we want a dream life, right? Like, we all want success. We all want to feel like we're winning in life. Nobody grows up and thinks, like, as a kid, like, none of the elementary uh, students who are in here are dreaming, I hope one day I, I rise up in a company and I'm a middle management person. No, 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 we don't, we don't dream that way. When we dream, we think, man, I can't wait to, to do this and, and succeed here, and I want to I win this award and go here. It's just, we, we want to do it all. And what we did last week is we said, well, the reality is most of us don't know how to get there. Like, we didn't learn, nobody ever taught us how to have the dream life. And so we, what we did is we used, um, we used the game of baseball and um, to, to uh, kind of give us a metaphor to work with, with, with how does God teach us uh, to grow up? How does God grow us up in life? So what I want to do this morning, uh, and we've got it, we got it working without a, a, a catch at all, so it's going to be cool. Let's, let's go to the black screen, and um, I want to review for you what we said last week, in case you weren't here. If you weren't here, you just need to go online, check it out, verticalchurch.tv, check out last week's message, uh, but I'm going to review for you what we said last week, and so we said life is like um, a baseball diamond. We've got home plate, we've got first, we've got second, and we've got third. You see that, right? Yep. All right, let's try to... I try to draw diamonds, and it goes horribly for me. So let's try to just draw this nice and slow. Always. That was terrible. Anyway, I'm not, a, I'm not an artist. I'm a preacher, so deal with it. All right, so what we said is we said life is, life is kind of set up like a, a baseball field where at home plate, here's what we do at home plate. Everything begins and ends at home plate, right? Uh, so at home plate, uh, the focus is on connecting with God. Home plate is where we connect with God. What we do is we discover um, um, God's purpose. I messed that spelling up. Let's. God's purpose. There we go. We discover God's purpose, but not only do we discover God's purpose, at home plate is where we have power. When, when, we, when we live at home play, when we connect at home play, uh, we experience God's power. And then the first thing God does in our lives is he takes us to first base where we start discovering character. God works in, in, internally. See, first base is the personal base. First base is the integrity base. First base is the self-respect base. First base is where you discover that it matters who I am on the inside. Like, I've got, I can't just live anyway. It matters who I am. And then God takes us to second base, and he starts working on, oops, that was me. What in the world did I do? Here we go. There we go. Did I erase it all? No. What's going on? Here we go. I'm back. All right. Technology, man. You just try to be cool and like do something different and it freaks out on you. Anyway, let's go back to community. Uh, there we go. I missed an eye. There we go. Community. That says community whether you believe it or not. All right. 
community. So, so winning with others, how to have relationships. Because here's the deal. If you fail in character, if you're not like a, a, a person that you can trust, you can't have a relationship with somebody because you're kind of, you know, you're so wishy-washy. So God takes us from, from connecting with him through character into community. And third base, we said that was the uh, competence base. This is results. This is what most of us think of when we think of success. This is, this is when we start winning and, and we see, you know, we get awards and, and we see God do something. And this is kind of performance. This is, this is the typical success. But it doesn't stop there because if you're a baseball fan, you know that just because you get to third base doesn't mean you score. No, you got to get back home. So from confident, confidence, you come back home to connecting with God and you realize, again, God's purpose for your life. Here's what the success was about. It was about God's purpose for your life. What we said is that, that not only is this kind of how life is structured, but we also said the order matters. That the order that you run the bases matters. Just like baseball, nobody runs backwards in baseball. That's called Little League, and that's the only place where it's funny, right? In Major League, you run the bases in the right order. And what we said is Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 2, kind of lays this out for us, where Paul is writing to the church in Rome to Christians, and he says this in, verse, in chapter 12, uh, verses 1 and 2. He says, therefore, meaning everything that I wrote back in the last 11 chapters comes to this pivotal moment. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. And then he says this. He says, do not conform to the, what we said last week, the pattern of this world. We, last week we said the world has a pattern which they run the bases. And the way the world runs the bases is the world runs the bases. Here's what we said. We said the world runs the bases backwards. The world runs to success first. Chase after success first. Go after winning. Go after getting results. Chase after that first. But God says, no, 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 you've got to connect with me first, and I'm going to take you into the area of your character. Let's work on the inside. You see, the pattern of this world is to run the bases backward. And every time we run the bases backward, here's what we do. We end up cheating everything in life that would bring us the dream life because we're chasing after success. We're chasing after uh, competence, performance, winning results. We cheat our relationships because here's the deal. I, I don't have time to spend with my family because I've got to succeed. I don't have time to develop friendships because no, 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 no. I got to work late and I got to get that promotion and I got to get that raise. No, no, I, I got, I'll sacrifice our relationships. Well, not only do we cheat there, but we cheat our character because we'll compromise as long as it gets us ahead. And I don't need to have integrity as long as I have success. And then not only that, but who's got time to spend with God? I don't have time to go to church once a week. I don't have time to volunteer and serve, read my Bible, get up early and pray. No, I don't have time for that. I'm going after third base. And what happens is we end up wrecking our life because, because running to third first isn't how baseball's played. And it's not how life is played either. So here's what we're going to talk about today. Here's where we're going to kind of uh, narrow in our focus and ask the question, how do we get here? How do we get to first base? 
How do you get on base? Did you know that, that, that in baseball, most people get thrown out before they get to first? Most batters are out and never make it to first base. Same thing in life. In life, most of us never make it to first base. Most of us get thrown out before we even get started. So the question that we're going to ask today is how do you get on base? If we're going to have this dream life and now we know or we've been reminded how it works, how do we get on base? Because it's not going to start until we can get on first base. So let's close that out. Let's get rid of all that. All right, cool. Here's, here, here's kind of the structure of the day. I'm going to do two things. I'm going to share with you, number one, what do you need to know? What do you need to know to get on first base? Number two, what do you need to do? Two things. This is all, if you get these two things, you're good. What do you need to know to get on first? And what do you need to do to get on first? And here's the thing. Here's the one thought. If you don't get anything else out of today, here's the one thing that you have to understand. This is the one thing we have to know in order to get on first. Here it is. It'll be on the screen behind me. In the vine is the power to win. When I drift from the vine, I drift from victory. Let me say it again. If you're taking notes, you might want to write this down. In the vine is the power to win. When I drift from the vine, I drift from victory. Jesus says in John chapter 15, verse 5, he's kind of laying out the flow of life. And he says this. He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. In other words, Jesus says there is a flow to life. There is a, there is a flow to the power of God in your life, and it starts with the vine. And, and, and there's a vine, and there's a branch connected to it, and from the branch is the possibility to bear fruit. God, Jesus says, here's how God created us to live. There's a, there's a vine. That's God. God's power of life flows through the vine into the branch. And if you're connected to the vine, if you're connected to God, your life will bear fruit. You'll have the power to be fruitful, to, to experience victory in your life, especially victory over character <coughs> battles. Because in the vine is the power to win, and win includes character issues. Win includes integrity issues. But here's the catch. Here's what we have to understand, is we have to get this. The power is not our power. It's not ours. It's his. It's, it's his power. The power to win is not within me. The power to win is not within you. The power to win is God's power. And if we're connected to God, we can experience change and transformation. We can experience fruit. But if we disconnect, see, here's what happens, especially for those of us who are Christians, okay? What happens is we start out, uh, we start out in our relationship with God and things are going well and it's going good, right? We start growing. We get a little bit of a little bit of growth, a little bit of victory, a little bit of breakthrough. We conquer a couple of sins that have been holding us down, and we see that we're starting to get to be a little bit better of a person. And we're like, "Wow, look at this! This is this is this is exciting. God's changing me, man. This is awesome." But have you ever noticed that even if you've experienced that, if you drift, if you get lazy, if you disconnect from God, you will return to your old life. 
Anybody, anybody know what I'm talking about? Can anybody testify that if you drift from God, you will return to the life that you left? Anybody say amen? amen. Why is that? Because it wasn't your power that changed you. It was never about you. It was because you were connected to God. It's not because God's power is too weak. And it's not because Jesus offers a false hope. And so many people are like, well, I came to God and, and you know, I, I accepted Jesus and then, you know, I kind of, you know, nothing happened. Well, well it, 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 were you, did, did you stay connected? Did you stay connected to the vine? If not, that's not God's issue. In the vine is the power to win. When, it, when we drift from the vine, we drift from victory. So that's the thing we need to know. In the vine is the power to win. In the vine is the power to get on first base. When I drift from the vine, I get thrown out. If I drift from the vine, I get thrown out on the way to first base. But if I stay connected in the vine, there's the power to get to first base, the power to win. Here, here, here's what we need to do. That's what we need to know. Here's what we need to do. Three things. I'm going to give them to you as, as quick as I am so we can go celebrate, quick as I can, so we can go celebrate baptism. Number one is this, live for the truth. Here's what we need to do. What we need to know is we need to, we need to stay connected to the vine. Here's how we do that. Three things. Live for the truth. You know, it, it's kind of popular in our culture to, to say there's no such thing as absolute truth. Like, that's kind of a postmodern, uh, kind of hip thing to say, especially if you're like, you know, uh, if you're a real philosophical person or, or especially like if you don't believe in God, maybe your attitude is, well, there's no such thing as absolute truth, which is in self a truth. And so your statement has just invalidated your claim. There's no such thing as absolute truth. Well, is that true? Yeah. Well, then if that's true, then isn't there truth? Right? You see what I'm saying? So, so the reality is, okay, maybe, maybe we can't grasp the fullness of truth in one human person, but there is truth, right? Like we can't say anything if there's not truth. So there's truth, but, but then, then who has the truth? Like how do we... How do we know the truth? Jesus said something real interesting because when we think of truth, we think of statements. We think of principles like, like the, the, the Newton's law of gravity or the, the third law of thermodynamics. Like that's a truth statement, right? Well, here's what Jesus said. When, when Jesus came in, in John chapter 14, verse 6, he says this. He says, I am the way. And then check this out. He says, I am the truth. When Jesus defines truth, Jesus doesn't define it as a principle. Jesus says truth is a person. Truth is in a relationship. Truth is, truth is relational. And, and he says that God loves you so much and he wants you so, uh, he wants so badly for you to know the truth that he sent the truth here to have a relationship with you, to, to show you the way to the Father. So, so we see in this that God is not against us. God doesn't hate us. God loves us. In fact, God wants us to have the dream life. God wants us to experience the dream life. And because of that, he's going to show us the game plan, just like a good coach, just like a good coach. I remember there's this funny story about a kid and his dad uh, play, playing baseball. The kid was like 
four or five years old. He was just learning the rules of the game. And his dad wanted to kind of coach him up and, and teach him some stuff, right? Because every time the kid, like, would, would get up and he'd hit the, hit the ball from the, off the tee, he would run around all the bases, get to home plate, slide, just like Pete Rose, dust himself off, lift his hands and say, home run, home run, daddy. Well, his dad's like, well, all right, you don't really know the rules, so let me teach you. So his dad teaches him the rules of the game. And, and tells him what an out is, and if you get tagged with the ball, you're out. So the son gets up, and he's like, you got it, you got it, you got to know the rules. Yeah, I know the rules. Son hits it, and he runs off to first base, and he rounds first. And his dad's like, hold on, son, you don't want to go to second, because I have the ball, and I'll tag you, and you'll get out. Kid doesn't listen. He goes to second, and sure enough, the dad tags him, because that's what dads do. <laughs> We're not going to let you get a home run. We're going to tag you out, right? So the dad tags him on the way to second, and the kid doesn't stop. The kid just runs around second, goes to third, and that's like, what are you doing? The kid goes around third, goes to home, slides head first, jumps up, dusts himself off, and says, home run, daddy. Dad says, no, 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 I, I tagged you. You're out. <laughs> no, daddy, home run. Home run, daddy. No, son, you're out. Dad, my bat, my ball. If you're going to play by those rules, I'm going home. <laughs> Which is a funny story, but here's the reality. We're a lot like that kid. Oh, God, wait a second. God, my bat, my ball, you're going to play by those rules. I'm going home. You see, God teaches us how not to get thrown out at first base. Here's what it looks like not to get thrown out at first place. And we go, mm, I don't like to play that way. And God's like, well, it's not about playing that way. It's, 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 these are the rules of the game. If you overrun first, you get, you get tagged, you're out. We're like, I don't like that game. God's like, it's not a game, it's life. I'm just trying to show you how to, how to win in life. Look at this, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. Paul writes to his protege, his, his, his mentee. Paul was a mentor and Timothy was like his, his prime student. And he says this, he says, all scripture, Timothy, I want you to know this. All scripture is God-breathed. It's like God is speaking it right now. And it's useful for teaching, rebuking, and correcting and training in righteousness. In other words, God is, is teaching us, here's what, it, here's what it takes to score in life. Here's what it takes to round all the bases and get back home and win. But we look at God and we get ticked and we're like, I don't like that. And we would rather lose with a lie than live for the truth. And a lot of us are losing. We're losing and we're getting thrown out over and over again. And we don't even realize it. We're throwing our hands up and we're like, look, I got a home run. And God's like, no, you ran to third first. No, God, I got a home run. And God said, no, you're, you're actually out because you, you bypassed everything that would give you a home run. You didn't even run the bases the right way. Number two. Number two, plug into the vine. Plug into the vine. Number one, live for truth. Here's how, we, how do we get on base. Live for the truth. Plug into the vine. A lot of times we overcomplicate God. We overcomplicate the words of Jesus. Jesus said, remember, we, we quoted this just a second ago, I am the vine and you are the branch. I am the vine, you are the branch. I am the vine, you are the branch. Now, Jesus lived in an agricultural world. Most of us did not grow up as farmers. Anybody grow up on a farm? Like, raise your hand if you grew up on a farm. See, like two people, okay? Three, four people, right? In Jesus' day, how many grew up on a farm? Everybody's here. So they got the analogy that Jesus was saying. They understood it. But, but in an attempt to kind of help you understand a little bit better, it's like Jesus says this. I'm the extension cord. <laughs> 
If you plug into me, you have power. If you don't, you don't have power. It's not that complicated, Jesus is saying. It's like a, it's like a, 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 a branch and a vine and fruit. If, if it's connected, you grow. But if you're not connected, you don't grow, right? I remember one time, speaking of electricity, uh, we, were, uh, we, we were living in, in Tennessee at the time. And I went to the store and uh, went, went in and got a couple things and then uh, came out and got in the car and, and put the key in the ignition. And everybody know that sound? Oh, gosh. Let me tell you, my response was not Christian, and I was not singing worship songs to Jesus. I was ticked because I just got a new battery. So I'm like, what's gone wrong? Is it the alternator? Is it the starter? How much is this going to cost? I don't have the money to fix this right now, right? Just, and I thought, well, let me lift the hood like any good man who knows what he's doing under the car, right? I have a clue what I'm doing. I'm just looking under there, and I'm like, yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, yeah, that's what that's the problem right there, right? So anyway, I lift the hood, and I'm looking at it, and I look at the battery, and guess what? It was disconnected. It was it. The, where, where, I, where, they had cha- where I changed the battery, evidently I did not get it tight enough, and over the course of time, it just shimmied itself off and popped off. It was just disconnected. I had no power because it was disconnected. Sometimes life is that simple. Well, I don't understand what's going on in my life, you know. Oh, it's just like nothing's working right, and, and I think I don't know why this is happening, and I think maybe God is against me. Hold, hold on. Let's pop the hood in your life and just see if you're connected. Because a lot of times, is it that simple, Pastor Josh? Yes, a lot of times it's that simple because there are places that God wants to take you, but if your battery's dead, you're not going to get there. And if your battery's not connected, you're not going anywhere. If you're not plugged into the vine, is it possible that the struggle in your life is simply because you unplugged from the vine? Number three. Number one, live for the truth. Number two, plug into the vine. Number three, draw the line. Draw the line. I believe that as we draw close to God, God starts speaking to us and revealing stuff to us and pouring life into us and showing us things in our life and his power starts working in us and then he reveals to us issues in our life. First base character issues. And it's like God says, here's your first base issue. Here's your character issue. Here's where you're getting thrown out on the way to first. And what happens is, is God wants you to see it. He's like, he wants you to see it. And he says, here's, here's what's keeping you from the, from, the, from the dream life that you want. And he draws a line for us. And when God draws a line, if we're a follower of Jesus, it is our responsibility to agree with God and draw the line with him. Not to fuss and fight with God. Well, I don't think that's getting me. No, God, you're right. That's causing me to get thrown out. I'm going to agree with you and draw the line. But here's what we do so many times, especially in kind of the modern landscape of the church. Well, God is so judgmental. God just judges me. And that church is just so judgmental. No, no, no. God drew a line in your life and you didn't agree with him and you're ticked because you can't play play life by your own rules. Because here's the thing. Let's use the same power cord if I can find it. My little girl is four years old, right? She's four years old. Her name's Ava. And, and if, I, if, if, I, if I see Ava taking, you know, this is not an actual pen. It's, it's my whatever stencil thing. If I see her taking a pen and trying to shove it into an extension cord, 
Would it be judgmental for me to say, Ava, baby, you're going to electrocute yourself. That's going to really hurt. No, if I do that, I'm being a good dad. If I don't, I'm being a bad dad and my girl will get taken away from me. God would be an, an, an evil, evil, horrible, bad father if he saw you wrecking your life and said nothing to you. If he saw you continually getting thrown out and never spoke to you and said, hey, there's this issue in your life that's causing you to get thrown out. If you would, if you would connect with me, you'd have the power to do something about it. And we would fix that in your life and you could experience change and transformation. God doesn't discipline us because he hates us. God disciplines us because he loves us. And he wants us to get the dream life. It's so important to understand. And, and here's, here's what we need to do. We just need to soak in the reality of what God did for us. So I'm going to read you just a couple passages from, from Romans, and then we're going to be wrapped up. Just, just listen to what God did for us in Jesus. Verse 6 of chapter 6. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we, we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. If you're a follower of Jesus, this is your life. You have died to your old life, to sin, and you've been set free. That, that junk doesn't have rule and reign over you anymore as long as you stay connected to Jesus. Verse 11, jumping down. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin but alive to God in Christ Jesus. It, it's like the what we're going to celebrate at baptism, going into the water is like you die, and when you come out, you're alive. It symbolizes the death and resurrection of Jesus, which is exactly what happens in your life. When you come to know him. Jumping down, verse 17. But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you have come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Obey the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. There's a way to run the bases, and there's a way not to run the bases. Paul says you've been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. You see, the common experience in most all of our lives is when we come to Jesus and we grow in him, he, he, starts, he starts working in us, and a lot of stuff that used to control us kind of just dies, and it falls off of us. And then we discover there are one or two or three things, first base character issues, that keep getting us thrown out, and God reveals those to us. And those battles are hard to fight. And those battles, it takes, it takes, a, it takes a, the power of God because it's got such a strong grip on you because they don't just go away. Those of you who have been walking with Jesus, you know what I'm talking about? Or these things, like one or two, maybe three things. I know it's true for me. Maybe it's not true for you, but I bet it's true for somebody in your family, okay? Um, that was a choke. Anyway. And by the grace of God, only by the grace of God do we have victory over those one or two things in our life. You see, I, I still have issues. I still have one or two things that stumble and, and cause me to trip up and get thrown out on the way to first. I'm not perfect. I'm vulnerable. I'm, su I, I'm susceptible to temptation. I, I don't start life planning to make an error. Nobody plays baseball intentionally making errors. It's funny when other people do it, but when I do it and when you do it, it's frustrating. Listen, we all make errors, but by God's grace, he gives us the ability, the, the power to live free from the things that used to hold us down. So here in a minute, let's do this. Here in a minute, we're going to pray. And I want you to just take a moment and think of the one thing.
that if, if, God would, if God would break the cycle of sin in your life over that one thing, everything would be different. Everything would change. What's that one thing? That one thing that if God would give you the power and you would stay connected to the vine, it would be a major victory in your life. What's that one thing? There's this one sin. There's this one cycle that I keep getting tripped up on over and over. And I don't, you may not even have the courage right now to admit it and own it. Admit it and own it. You may not, you may not be ready for that. But God's been trying to reveal it to you and draw the line in your life. And you're thinking, could he really break the power of this thing? Yes, he can. Maybe, maybe you're thinking, let me give you some, some first base character issues that are identified in Scripture. Maybe your thing is your temper. Or maybe your thing is lust or sexual sin or fear or worry or gossip or slander or drunkenness or lying or cheating or stealing or adultery or laziness or a critical spirit or hatred or unforgiveness or bitterness. What is your one thing that if God gave you the victory over today, it would totally transform your life, the life of your family? the life of the people around you because you would finally have victory at first base. What's that one thing? I want you to, I want you to get it in your mind, get it in your heart, and here in a minute we're going to pray and ask God to break the cycle of sin in our lives. Would you bow your heads with me? I'm going to pray. Heavenly Father, this is such a personal time for us, and, and, and for some people in this room, God, they are battling at the spiritual level right now. Lord, we are so grateful that you sent your son, Jesus, who conquered sin, who conquered death. And as those of us in this room, Lord, who have accepted Jesus, we have your spirit in us. We are dead to sin and alive in Jesus Christ. And we are asking, Jesus, that you would move in us and break the sin that so often gets us thrown out. Right now, in this moment, I want you to—I want you to tell God, God, here's the one thing that I need to stop doing. God, here's the one thing I need to start doing. God, here's the one thing that's getting me thrown out more than anything else in my life. God, here's my one thing. Just tell Him right now. Right now, just tell Him. You don't have to say it out loud. Just tell Him. He's—he's he's listening to you. Just tell Him. God, here's the one thing. It's tripping me up getting me out at first. I can't even, I can't make it to first base because of this thing. Lord, we need a move of your spirit so supernaturally powerful that it would move and shake things here on the earth. A fresh awakening, a breakthrough in our lives. For Lord, we cannot keep living like this. This is causing us to be thrown out and breaking us down from the inside. Lord, would you break the power of this one thing? Break the power of this one thing in our lives. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. We pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. We always appreciate hearing how God is moving in your life. We all have a story to tell, and we'd love to hear yours. Please visit verticalchurch.tv and click on the little pencil icon called Amen Corner to tell us your story. Also, if you'd like to support the ministry of Vertical Church financially, you can do so by clicking the giving link at verticalchurch.tv. 
Thank you again for taking the time to join us as we point those far from God to life in Jesus.